unit options. Are they really worth it? And knowing your unit's role in a game of bolt action. Welcome to Trident Wargaming, a podcast dedicated to all aspects of tabletop wargaming. Your hosts are Bill and Andy. Hey there, and welcome back to episode 28 of Trident Wargaming. I'm your host, Andy, and today we'll be going into some bolt action. Uh, With me again is Dusty and Jason. How's it going, guys? Howdy, it's going good. Hey, going real well. Excellent. So, uh, this episode, um, going over a few little things. Uh, we got some, some good topics going on about uh, different units and, and game-wise kind of equipment and whatnot. Um, but right off the bat, um, one of my things is returning to the tabletop. So uh, this week, uh, we're all able to, to get together and actually uh, play at one of the local stores. So I think uh, for you guys, this is probably first game back, I think. Yep, for sure. So okay, one same. game, two games last summer. Okay. Of Victory yep. at Seas. And it was about almost a year before that, right? eight months or something six months yeah. so it's been nearly two years uh other than those two games yeah that's that's crazy <laughs> yeah. but uh it was yeah. it was great though like we had uh what was it we had like six people there well seven including myself um yeah but it was great we had yeah, good turn out. you guys were, were playing some good battles and uh, uh we had uh, pretty much two new recruits come in uh, one, you know, one of them was playing Dusty, and he was uh, getting right into the game, checking it out. So that was that was pretty cool to see. That's always nice to have a, a boot camp day and just get some uh, training games in. And it was it was perfect because we're all you know coming back, right? So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, if you guys want, just uh, let us know how your games kind of went. If you had some like highlights or. You know, did you find that you um, were still pretty sharp on the rules? Were you a little rusty? Or, uh, you know, what were you playing? You know, I, actually, I was uh, a lot better than I thought it would be on the rules. Honestly, I thought it would be uh, a complete dolt when it came to the <laughs> rules. But uh, we actually managed to remember most of them. A, a couple of uh, little hiccups with some random things. but Right. Nothing crazy. The game moved quickly. It was fun. I was playing uh, Canadian Para using uh, the rules out of the uh, the Canadian Sector uh, D-Day book. Okay. Okay. So uh, pretty pretty decent game. Uh, I managed to uh, only a draw. I was about half an inch away from destroying the enemy base. Uh, destroyed all, everything except for uh, his tank. I just couldn't couldn't take it out, and I I didn't uh, plan well enough to get into the to get into the base. But I'm pretty happy with my uh, performance. Hyper hyper aggressive all across the board. 
and uh, it, it worked. It kept them off balance. And then, of course, I played James. He had he had a bit of bad luck too, so I can't uh, can't claim <laughs> uh, military genius or anything. There was some bad luck rules, like his uh, tank, despite surviving, also did almost nothing. Just just kept missing, missing, missing. Right. It killed right. a couple of guys, but not not really. And I had an artillery round uh, from my observer land and wipe out a unit, which helps. <laughs> nice. But it was fun. It was a good game. And James is always fun to play with, so that, that <laughs> makes sure. <laughs> and I know, uh, Dusty, you were uh, helping me out there with the uh, boot camp trainee. Mm-hmm. So, but... Yeah, that was... Uh... That's a good little refresher there, helping somebody out there, and then, uh, you know, just trying to remember all those rules. So, but uh, they came back fairly quick. Mm-hmm. I only missed the, uh, only missed a couple of rules I kind of always miss. So, but the other ones kind of came back pretty pretty quickly. Nice. Yeah, and like um, Stefan there was was first time playing. He definitely like caught on pretty quick for. Uh, getting into the game and whatnot, and uh, mm-hmm. I know you guys had some pretty good slugfest in that match. Yeah, we we, bat- we battled out a hard draw, so but uh, we definitely uh, we gave we gave each other some some good hits, and then a lot of like, you know, neither of our snipers did anything, neither <laughs> of our mort- mortars did anything, our tanks really didn't do anything, so it was it was all infantry based battle that one. So. Kind of classic. That's mm-hmm. kind of the game, right? But no, it was, it was cool. That was it was good to see. I'm glad uh, glad everybody had fun that night. Like it's great to have everybody yeah. kind of come back. And even uh, even one of my buddies who stopped in, he uh, he was actually quite shocked because he talked to me afterwards. He was quite shocked at how many people we actually had there that night. So um, and I just told him, yeah, bolt action guys are fanatics, man. They just love the stuff. They want to come out and play. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, good on you guys, right? So, but um, but yeah, your the guy, your guys's armies that you brought out. Um, I know Jason, you touched based on your Canadian army there from the from the D Day book. Yeah. Um, so, compared to like what you played before, how what's kind of like some of the differences did you did you feel like between the armies? Uh. Really, it's not that for me. It's not that big of a difference. No. You know, they're. I mean, paratroopers are pretty standard. They got the uh, uh, tough fighters rule, and they're stubborn. So uh, I paid for the upgrade for them to be uh, to have the tough fighters. So I had a whole just a batch of veteran, uh, you know, uh, ten morale boot stompers running around they're uh they're brutal i didn't have enough time to get uh the tank hunters squad which i really want to mostly for fun with four piats in it oh yeah <laughs> I, I would have probably taken out that tank if i had had four shots instead of one Fair but enough. uh but yeah so hopefully I'll, I'll be able to add that uh other than that i had the classic uh uh, jeep 
uh, recce jeep in there. And uh, uh, I tried the uh, the intelligence officer. That's one big difference uh. out of the book. And it actually worked out for me. I Basically, you can uh, once per game, you can lean on the intelligence this guy has gathered and uh, you basically roll a dice at the before the turn starts before you pull a dice uh -huh. you roll a d6 and then you add a modifier a plus one if he's veteran minus one if he's inexperienced and my guy is veteran and if you roll a four or higher you get to draw you know, like decide essentially that your dice is first so uh i might have to take that, that from my french yeah, that got me my first shot off with the Piot, which hit and it did nothing because I rolled a two. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. But it did get me that first shot when it was uh, down to the wire. It, if he got to go first, he was going to blast my Piot, but I got to use the intelligence officer at a critical moment. That worked out. I was very ecstatic. I got the shot off on his side. Awesome. This is going great. I hit. Excellent. Oh no, I didn't even. I did nothing. Yeah. I got a pin. Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Look into so that. I, 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 I like that. Uh, I, I like that officer, and I think next time too, I want to try the chaplain for fun. Nice. I think he'll be a fun add-on, and chaplain can basically runs around. Uh, he can't fight unless he's charged. He'll he'll defend himself, but he can't fight. But he can, uh, within a certain range, I can't recall exactly, he can uh, roll to remove a pin off of a nearby unit. Huh. Which, which can be handy, and he's pretty cheap. He's, he's in the t between 20 and 30 point range. Nice little abilities, which, yeah. You know, if you got a couple of points left over, that might not be a... I'm going to try him for fun anyway. And Dusty, yourself, you were you're playing... Polish? Yeah, I rolled out a Polish army I'm working on. But uh, it was just a generic British uh, list with okay. uh, Vengeance as the uh, modifier for the uh, special, uh, I guess, rules. So they get to they get to remove a pin if they're within twelve inches of uh, an enemy if they uh, roll a four plus. So. But uh, it definitely something different. Uh, like I, it, it had no transports in it, which I'm not used to. Mm -hmm. All my other armies have transport vehicles um, and lots of MMGs. Uh, this one uh, did not. Uh, and then I rolled out like the Piet team, which I've never used before, which was interesting, uh, as well as a light mortar. Um, so a couple of different units in there to uh, to learn some rules on. And uh, yeah, yeah I'm excited. Actually, uh, also a, a Sherman tank, which I, I I own two of them, and I never use. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, using a Sherman for the first time. Nice, that's awesome. That's some good fun. I know. Um, I know you went up against a a, a Panzer IV uh, with the light howitzer on it, and uh, it was good to see though that you guys both had. The tanks kind of engaging in that one section, but uh, noticed mm -hmm. it was like 
definitely going after the infantry, right? And everybody was kind of bunkered down, trying to stay in the cover. And I know when I took took a look over there, and it was kind of like, okay, they're they're slowly creeping towards each other. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to get the objectives, but <laughs> it's going to be a dirty fight regardless. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that last turn, I just had to I just had to uh, run everything up, and I, I lost a few units, and uh, the Piet missed his shot and got gunned down by the tank machine gun so mm -hmm. but uh yeah no it was definitely a good fun slog match right on right on well i'm sure we'll have uh, a lot more of that to come on future weeks i know i'm uh, i'm gonna have to start sitting down and building some other armies too just kind of figuring out what i want to play but um the french might return we'll see <laughs> But, uh, yeah, going forward uh, with some of these um, topics for the night, uh, one of them that I had, I kind of was thinking about this and whatnot, is, like, game-wise, when you guys are, you know, picking units and, and going through the options of how many, you know, how strong are you going to make this unit and, like, the upgrades what's worth the upgrades like what's worth the points what's worth taking in in the units um like your you know your lmg upgrade your submachine gun upgrade some have anti-tank grenades um so there's even some that have the option to be fanatics so mm -hmm. like myself and i, and I think I think a lot of the points are pretty much uh, pretty close across the board, like throughout the armies. Yeah. Like I think an LMG is like 20 points, right? Yeah. So um, a lot of times like I'll look at it and I'll take, okay, you know, uh, because I do play a lot of early war, um, usually my, you know, NCO, yeah. he'll get the SMG and I'll take the one light machine gun in the unit, right? And the rest are rifles. You know, it, it jacks the yeah. price on them, but sometimes I have to cut, you know, an infantry to fit that in. So, but yeah, for you guys, like, what do you, what do you guys think? Like, what's worth it? What's not? How do you guys go about it? Um, options, you know? I started uh, uh, kind of uh, considering the focus of a, unit okay and in my airborne especially uh so i have um uh, uh depends on the size of the game but generally i like to feel that at least one unit as heavy with uh heavy heavily loaded with uh smgs and their their objective is to get up in their face a la mace <laughs> and uh then I'll make sure that to support that I'll have another unit, and that and that unit's usually, you know, six to eight guys. Another unit will be ten guys, fairly standard, with uh, all rifles, not even an SMG for the sergeant, and then uh, uh, the LMG, right, for uh, fire support. And uh, 
I, I found I kind of both, you know, the uh, the three points per guy for the SMGs, because in the Airborne especially, I can have, I think it's up to four, if I remember correctly, plus my sergeant, so five of them can have SMGs. Um, you know, it roughly comes close to at least evening out with the uh, with the LMG cost, both for different purposes. But, but yeah, I think just considering what uh, what you're going to use that squad for, and kind of uh, focusing in seems to do fairly well, at least for the airborne. Uh, my other armies, I the squads tend to be more generic, but I almost always include the 20 points for four shots, usually on, or, uh, on average, uh, infantryman is between seven and nine points, uh, for a regular Joe blow. Uh, so for 20 points to get four shots, you know, it, it's actually a saving compared to upgrading you know, or getting four more riflemen. So, kind of look at look at it like that um plus i think they're cool and it's fun to go back a deck <laughs> fair enough fair enough and i know like there's um like a lot of the soviet units can take multiple light machine guns yeah right so you start you know that's 40 points now right it's like oof, okay but, and i think maybe on those times where you have the extended options like uh uh, multiple LMGs, then you really have to consider what this unit's role is going to be. And if you kind of consider that too before the fight, it kind of makes it easier when you're at the table. Right. Like, okay, well, I know these guys want to get up close and personal, so I want them to have a, a good run at the enemy. I want to have uh, cover that I can you know, duck and dodge behind, but I also don't want it to be so dense that I can't make it there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then uh, for the fire support kind of infantry squad, I, I want to make sure that if possible, I have, you know, good lanes of fire and, and uh place they can kind of hunker down. Of course, it depends on the scenario, but just right off the the top of your head, as soon as you hit the table, you know, this squad, this is roughly what they're supposed to be doing. It kind of helps a little bit. But what do I know, Adam? <laughs> I'm a 50-50 general. Don't take my... <laughs> you don't have to take my word for it. Da -da -da. Um, and how, how about you, Dusty? What do you, what do you think about options? Uh, I'm uh, yeah, definitely picking what your units are going to do before the game. Um, I'm generally pretty heavy on the options. Like I'll generally max out my SMGs or my light machine guns. I don't often take grenades. Um, if there's an option for a unit to take uh, like pistols, I'll take pistols, and so they got tough, tough fighters. If mm, I'm, if I'm, good call. know I'm going to be getting up yeah. in some place. Yeah. Um, that's more like the uh, the SAS and stuff like that. But for my Marines, like yeah, my squads are split, so. I've got the, um, you know, I got a veteran veteran squad with three SMGs, and and of course the Marines get shotguns, so they they max out their shotguns. Nice. Um, so that you have you have six assault weapons, so you can do 
uh, decent in combat and the shotguns give you a little bit of extra range uh, while you're waiting for your SMGs to get in there. But, uh, and then, you know, obviously uh, moving and no shooting uh, penalties is great for those ones, even with the shorter range. And then I have a, you know, a second unit and that's uh, maxed out with bars. Uh, and then they still have two SMGs just in case I want to um, use them for a different option. Uh, and, and with the bars, I mean, I can still move and shoot with uh, with those as well. That's true. That's true. So, and do you, the Americans anyway. And do you guys feel like, because you know, you guys know me, I, I tend to play massed inexperienced infantry, right? You know, I play mm-hmm. Soviets, I play French, like my armies are huge on the table. Um, <laughs> Do you find when you guys are taking uh, your your regular and, and mainly your veteran units that you're like, yeah, I'm loading these guys up, right? Because in my in my eye, like in my head, I'm thinking these veterans are going to be way more effective with this weaponry than my inexperiences, right? So, do I spend the points trying to gear up these inexperienced? units or do i just use them as rifles and fodder and get them in and let the other guys do the heavy lifting you know what i mean so yeah okay i think it kind of depends like uh uh you know on the one hand your shooting is going to be less effective because you have that negative modifier right off the hop Mm -hmm. Uh, but if it's one of the units that has the green rule that's true uh, then it might be worth it because as soon as they take a casualty, they can roll and maybe they become regular. Uh, yeah. That that might be worth it. Uh, and the other thing is they might be less effective, but generally those inexperienced units uh, are kind of the units that have the ability to take more guys yeah. in a lot yeah. of armies. So they're usually the ones that have the option to take like 15 or... 19 you know big squad so they can soak up a lot more damage before you have to kind of whittle that lmg out you know mm-hmm. so yeah it's kind of i think again it goes to what role do you want them to play and if you want them just to be there to soak up damage then probably not worth the points but if it's the mainstay of your army is inexperienced then you're probably going to want to beef up at least one of their units or a couple of them with a little yeah. extra firepower. No, oh, that's good. Good thoughts on that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the anti-tank upgrade, the grenade upgrade, um, I, I doubt we'll see this anytime soon, but I think they need to do something different with, with grenades. Mm-hmm. The anti-tank grenades are tough to pull off. I use them with my uh, airborne, or at least I used to. Uh, I didn't use them this last game. Uh, just because I don't have very many, or I didn't have very many anti-tank options. Right. Uh, so, kind of, it's just, if there's vehicles, I I needed something, but it is tough to pull off you really need a vehicle that stood still to take a shot 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and you getting the assault off on that standing still vehicle, and you need to have at least five to six guys by the time you touch that vehicle to even really have a chance to actually even hit. Yeah. Like I know, I know with my, the Soviets, like, because it's all free that, that 12 man unit, like they're my tank hunters, right? Yeah. They are equipped with anti-tank grenades. Like they get all the equipment, so it's all free. So obviously it's well worth it. But you know, when I send them after a tank, I'm going to say about 80% of the time, they don't even make it there. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a big difference. My, my airborne are veteran. So I can wither the storm a little better. Gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, I start off with less guys, but even still it's a, I've had it pull off. Like I pulled it off. I've destroyed a couple of vehicles using anti-tank grenades and a, it's super cool <laughs> when it works. Uh, oh, for sure. But mostly, you you hop on there, you do the charge, you hop on the tank, and you don't manage to do it, and the tank kind of you know, you're just stuck there for a little bit, yeah. and then the tank shoots you <laughs> the next turn. So it's hard to pull off, but no, it's very very good and valid points. Um, so you know anybody who's listening out there, check out your options. Each army has different stuff. Um, you know different multiple options for for whatever weaponry you want to actually put on your units. And of course, you know era specific. Um, you got different stuff too. And, and there's some units that have you know they're able to actually upgrade one of their guys to like a flamethrower in their unit. You know, mm. um, which is I think mm-hmm. is actually really really good. Flamethrowers in units are super good. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. so just such a pain in the butt to fight against. <laughs> yeah. And and even if you don't pull off what you want to pull off, I guarantee you your opponent's going to be shooting the crap out of that unit. Oh, so it's going yeah, to shoot up so much firepower. That's what I find with my Piat, too. My Piat maybe once every three games will destroy a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every single game, it soaks up fire like this last game i played it took at least three turns of machine guns uh from the tank ripping at it which made the tank a lot less effective so even if you didn't destroy it the tank didn't pay for itself point wise and uh, didn't contribute very much to the the win or loss it just kept shooting at my my poor old piat team that got (laughs) stuck in the middle there and dusty i I don't because I haven't really looked at the the British army all too much. Um, do they have a flamethrower in their lists? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still do. Right? And they have they have engineers too. Okay. Uh, any, anybody with an engineer squad gets a flamethrower, or uh, pioneers for Germans, I believe. That's yeah, pioneers for Germans uh, that one. But um, so the the British do have like incorporated into a unit. Or yep. is this, do yep. they have a separate one too? They have this. They have the two man, and they have the engineer squad, which can upgrade oh, okay. a flamer. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. So. So yeah, that's um. There's some and, good tips. Yeah, there. those. 
those 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 scarier units like you put a flamethrower in there you put uh you know a unit with uh you know uh three anti-tank uh was it panzer panzerfausts mm -hmm. or something you know and you know they're coming towards your vehicle it's gonna you're gonna spend you know up to 40 percent of your shooting for that turn on those guys yeah you know so you know they're gonna take some fire Oh, you just reminded so. me that one of the camera which unit it is for the Soviets, but I always take the two captured Panzerfausts, and they're like five points a piece, right? But yeah, it's yeah. Why, why not? But it's, it's super cheap, exactly, right? But it's like I always take them, always, because it's just that moment where you're like, oh, it's a one shot. Okay, I can actually fire that off at a separate target, you know. And yeah, then, and then the rest of the unit can fire off at something that they'll be more effective at, which is nice. You know, the dangerous thing about those Panzerfaust too is that uh, you kind of forget about them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like like you just like, oh, that's an infantry squad. Well, I'm not too worried about that guy, and and you can get really you know focused on something else, and then all of a sudden, oh, that stung. Mm -hmm. My tank is gone. So. But yeah, a lot of options. Um, some good valid points the guys here have talked about, which is really, really awesome. And it's good to good to bounce that back between each other and, and see what everybody's kind of uh, looking at, and uh, especially with you know unit roles, right? What you want to do with them. Um, but going forward, we do have another unit to talk about, and. I have yet to use these. Um, I have some for my French. But Calvary. Oh, yeah. So. I have an early war Polish army. Mm -hmm. And I have, I think it's 26 cavalry. If I remember off the top of my head. So, so, uh, so cavalry yay or nay? Uh, it depends. If it fits the theme, yay. Okay. If it if you're taking it because they're hella sweet, maybe not. <laughs> I, I do want to take some, <laughs> I do want to take some camelry though. Oh yeah, you totally need to. Uh, those guys are pretty sweet. Very a little bit of Africa, some free French camelry would be uh, would be good. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. 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 The cavalry rules are pretty good. A cavalry counts as tough fighters. Yes. Already. And B, uh, at least for my Polish and I assume for other armies, you can upgrade for one point each with, uh, and give them a lance, which gives them an additional attack. So you can roll in with two attacks each and tough fighters. Now you also move nine inches as an advance yep. or 18 yep. inches as a, run. as a run. Yep. And... You can make a reaction uh, uh, much like a recce vehicle. Yeah. With uh, with your cavalry, they move like infantry, but if they're shot at and they still have their dice, just like recce uh, in the bag, you can do a reaction and essentially recce uh, out of the way of that shot. Well, because they can't they can't go down, correct? They can't That's go right. down, no. That's right. As long as they're mounted. And the other thing is too is they are flexible. 
if you decide that, well, in this particular battle, the terrain doesn't suit them very well, but, I, you know, your list is already pre-made, so... Or, uh, you know, the objective is not... Making a big charge with cavalry isn't going to work for me. You can dismount, and they, they're infantry. Mm -hmm. uh, so they function exactly like infantry uh, if you want. The bad news is, is you can't remount. Once you dismount, your, your horse is gone for the battle. So when they're mounted, that's when they have tough fighter, though, right? Yeah, when they're when they're mounted, they have tough fighter. Yeah. Yeah, so they end up losing that when they dismount. Uh, presumably, is that, is that what we think. I but would, I'm assuming. I would argue out of out of the rule of that makes sense. Uh, I would probably play it that way anyway, even if it goes against me. But I'm I'm assuming, and I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think it's but... because you got the horse essentially is. That's what they're accounting for—the impact of the charge. But I think some—I yeah. think a lot of them probably have pistols. They, uh, they, um, I know the uh, the Polish because that's what I have uh, can be armed with uh, carbines or pistols. Yeah, and yeah. they still have it if they have the lance, but they uh, they can't use their carbine as long as they are mounted if they have the lance upgrade. Right. Yeah, they're like a. I think it's oh, okay. Okay, I th I was just reading here with. The... That's kind of trades off that that bonus, you know. So maybe, yeah. maybe you run one unit, uh, with lances and another unit without them if you're doing an all cavalry force. And there, it was saying here. I think um, even if they had like rifles, that they can actually only be fired like pistols, like if they're mounted. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's. I mean, it's, it's pretty short range, regardless, right? Yeah. Yes. So, um, and then they, uh, like, after, you know, they do their combat and say they win. Um, 2d6. 2d6. Uh, regroup. Regroup move. Yeah. So. But that's huge. Oh, it, it gets you behind cover. It gets you, you know, out of the way or, or yeah. it, you split the enemy down the middle and you're, like, busting through his lines, right? And I think, like, having a cavalry unit, I mean, in game terms and game-wise, game, game wise, I should say, you know, very, very flexible unit, very fast unit, especially for those um, destroy the opponent base missions, which you guys, like, just literally recently played, you know. Um, yeah. That, they would be great at that. Exactly, right? Like, 18 inches? Or the get off the board. Yeah. Because also, unlike vehicle, you know, vehicles, you can do the two pivots. You can, uh, these guys move like infantry, so they can, mm -hmm. they just, you know, dink around wherever they need to go. And the only, only other thing is they can't, uh, I believe they can't enter buildings, charge into, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which so. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Which I would argue, but if it's a barn, they're kind of made for horses. <laughs> but... Yeah, in, in those terms, I'd be looking at the building. Yeah, they could go in, you know. <laughs> but, um, but you know, either way, game game wise, like very solid unit. Um, the big downside should be mentioned: mm -hmm. horses are bigger than people, yes, so they're easier to see, and more likely so, you're not getting cover. You're you're less likely to get cover. You're going to be seen more often, even with that recce move. 
Mm -hmm. You know, are you always going to use it because you don't want your cavalry, you don't want them essentially to do nothing the whole game. Uh, and even if you do use it, are you going to be able to get out of sight of other units too? And then as soon as your dice is pulled out, you can't recce again. No. So, so there, there is a downside. Their horses are, are big. <laughs> horses are bigger than people for anybody that wasn't sure. And uh, they're easier to see than people. <laughs> well, it'll be, um, it'll be exciting to see uh, getting some of them on the board. Um, just there are a few different armies that have them and uh, get them all painted up. And then, of course, you're going to have to paint up infantry as well. But um, I don't know about the Polish uh, miniatures, if they come with mounted or not, but I know the French do. Mm. So it's pretty neat. Have to try them out and see see what they can do. Um, but otherwise, like, thematically, you know, uh, for those armies that do have them, I think it's pretty cool. You know, seeing that on the board as well. Um, Germans, yeah. I mean, use cavalry all the time, right? Well, sorry, Germans use horses all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's a difference. They do they, have, they do have, I believe, uh, I believe it's an SS unit, of SS yeah. cavalry or something like that. They have them too. So, um, but it's a, it's a different, different aspect, different feel to the game when they're they're on the board. You know, you know they're fast. You know they can hit hard. They've got tough fighters. So. Um, you either try to take them out quick or they're just going to kind of run amok, right? So one thing with cavalry is that it's going to be a fast game. Yes. <laughs> Whether you win or lose, I can't predict, but it's going to be a fast game. <laughs> Fair enough. You'll, you'll get there and win or you'll get there and lose in decent time. <laughs> right on, right on. The uh, next topic, too, we have, um, and it's more of a, a universal special rule um, for the units, is the uh, fanatic, the fanatic rule. And there's quite, there's a bit of armies that get these units. Uh, the Japanese, of course, SS units. Um, I do know in uh, one of the Stalingrad theater selectors the soviets get it as well so canadians get it against uh against ss units yep mm -hmm. exactly so it's i haven't really seen it come up too much in our games um but it's kind of a tough one to break i guess right you know like they're hard to break you know you got if you got at least like you know two men left and they're not yeah. they're not routed or destroyed or whatever right like yeah they don't take morale checks right until, until they're the last man yeah which really i mean that that makes it tough right because one a pretty standard way of clearing out units is forcing a morale check mm -hmm. especially later in the game when the when the units are smaller and it's easier to 
do that in a single round of shooting, right? Okay. Uh, the other thing is is that they they stick around in combat whether they win or lose, and that's a big Which one. Means, yeah, so you get in, you get into a fight with them. You have to kill them essentially, all except for that last guy. Uh, you have to kill them in order to win the fight. And uh, essentially, what that means is if you charge against fanatics, you're probably going to lose most of your <laughs> unit. You know? Can you imagine just... fanatical cavalry? Oh man, that would be that would be too. Do the Polish insane. get that? Yeah, they should. Maybe they should, but well, I mean, if if you're looking at the uh, like SAS, you've got you know a veteran squad. They've got you know fanatics. You know, every man has a pistol, so you automatically get that that extra dice if you wound. And and they have to kill every, fighter, you know, yeah. all, every guy in their squad. They have tough fighters, and you keep so, you keep fighting pretty much. You keep fighting. Oof. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. It's yeah. awesome, but <laughs> I wouldn't want to charge that. <laughs> yeah, and that, and essentially that's what it is. That's how you counteract them. Is that generally those units are expensive because they're good, mm -hmm. or in the case of the, I think it's the bamboo infantry. Are they fanatic? Who are the Japanese that are fanatic? Mm, I think it's the Japanese. I think they have one of their generic rules. Yeah, so so you're you you squish them with firepower. Yeah, no, for sure. I know I uh, tend to start units like that with artillery, but but yeah, no, they're. I wouldn't want to face a whole army like that, which I'm sure is out there. Yeah. Right. So they're uh, they're good. They're probably probably going to be veterans, regular veterans, and they'll have probably some good gear on them. Because I know, I know with the SS uh, units, they'll have access to <clears throat> they'll have access to the SMGs, a lot more of them, to the assault rifles, right? Stuff like that. Of course, your LMGs. Um, so they'll probably be equipped to the nuts. And just super tough units to deal with. So yeah, it just cool. takes that. Really, it what it does is it takes off an option for dealing with them because charging them is probably not an option unless you really are confident you're just going to smash them in that turn, mm -hmm. uh, like kill everybody. It's you're you're far better off just shooting them. <laughs> So, so that's what it does in my mind, especially my, like I, my airborne is quite combat heavy, like I, uh, close quarters heavy. That's, they want to get into the fight. Gotcha. Uh, so, but that would really limit my, uh, my ability having to fight against that. True enough. Hmm. Yeah, those, uh. So some of those topics are pretty good. They um, kind of give you an, uh, the guys here give you an insight on um, you know what we've kind of faced in in our gaming community and stuff too, and uh, 
just the the basic ideas of them and what they can and cannot do and and just some of the stuff can be pretty tough to deal with when it's on the board but uh not only is kind of knowing your enemy or kind of knowing different units and different armies in the game um one of the other things i kind of wanted to bring up was um just mission play right kind of and you if you guys touched base on this earlier um knowing your unit's role knowing what you should be probably doing with your unit or what you should be tackling or shooting you know um but uh stuff like mmg teams you know a lot of guys think they're kind of iffy to use just because they can get sniped out so easily you know but actually knowing the role of that unit and what he's capable of kind of doing and also you know even influencing your opponent's decision of what to do just because that unit's there you know mm -hmm. so like um i always tend to take an mmg team myself um you know i've seen a lot of mmgs lmgs on vehicles you know uh, dusty's uh, force there coming at you with all the trucks is kind of scary you know they got a lot of firepower coming down your throat right and uh, mm -hmm. you got to worry about kind of where you're positioning your units but you know to start it off like um, so let's we'll start off i guess with mmgs like what do you guys think like what do you guys do with them what do you guys where do you position them kind of thing um and how do you guys use them uh well they're they're decent uh area denial mm -hmm. so uh infantry generally doesn't want to very close to it so uh if you're trying to uh you know protect maybe a weak uh weak flank or uh or uh objective like a base in in certain scenarios or or uh, something like that hunkering them down in cover uh might be nearly enough out of your army 50 points usually is what an NM mmg is mm -hmm. uh so 50 points to hunker down a flank with maybe a little bit more support but that being the that's that's not too bad of an investment and they can be you know taken out by snipers but uh but also uh, at at the same time, I don't think snipers are as scary as like it sucks when they, you know, team weapons are taken out by a sniper. But it, I mean, it doesn't really happen that often. Snipers miss a lot. I think whatever power exists above hates snipers in bolt action <laughs> uh, so at least for me they never hit anything no for sure uh, so i don't think you have to be as worried about it plus i mean in a standard battlefield you have intermittent terrain you have you know buildings or ruins or the snipers unless it's a really open battlefield or your opponent got really an excellent position 
probably not going to be able to see the entire thing, so you can generally position them out of sight. Uh, or uh, position them where you want and aggressively attack that sniper with other elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure. but I do see the point. It's I mean so- it's such a it sucks when they die <laughs> because of a sniper. But I don't think it's the it shouldn't prevent you from taking it. So and, and like with that, like that's kind of um, you know you're kind of using them as the, I guess a, a suppressive defensive you know uh, positioning. But for hundred percent defensive. So now now on the other side of the coin on that. Um, the Americans, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they get a, a three for one with their machine guns. They get they get three slots. Yeah, in there, they still cost the same. So, right. um, I mean, yeah, well, what, 150 points. You've got uh, 15 shots. You know, covering you know different areas of the board. Yeah, so that's yeah. like that's. You can have it all like covering different sides of the board, or you know, they all kind of go on the one section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you think about that's that too, 100, 150 points that's a fairly average cost for a, a 10 man infantry squad. Yep, true, you know. So, would you rather have three MMGs or a 10 man infantry squad? True, um, well, that's true, you know, yeah. maybe that those three MMGs are better. But then again, it depends on the scenario. If, if the scenario requires you to be highly mobile, then maybe those MMGs are a bit of a waste. No, for sure. And that's, and that's like knowing your role, I guess, in mission play, right? Like, you know, and that's kind of the fun of it too. I, I like adversity in games. You know, I don't want it to happen necessarily. Like, I don't want, oh, great, I spend 150 points and it's probably <laughs> would have been better as an infantry squad. But it is kind of fun. Now I have to solve the puzzle of how do I make these guys effective? Yeah, no, for sure. As effective as I can in this and make it work with the scenario. No, for sure. And it, and it seems like, like I think we're all in agreement that, like, they're definitely... They're definitely that defensive weapon that, you know, you're, you're pretty much cutting off that corridor, right? You're either putting them in ambush or, you know, you're just laying down a, a path of fire down that one corridor and, and um, refusing the flank kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. definitely uh, definitely one of those units to, to play around with and, and figure out. Um you see, you, you'll see them on the board all the time, right? So, um, when they're on vehicles, they're even scarier <laughs> and cheaper because now they're mobile. Um, but the go ahead, Jim. It is also super fun to go a daka daka daka. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But it, it is it is a good um, good talk for like knowing that kind of role with the unit and uh i think we'll probably do a bit more um of that just with different units um different uh universal special rules as well so if you guys out there you know kind of enjoy that 
uh, we'll definitely put that into these uh, these podcasts and, and try that out. Um, upcoming, I guess, next week, uh, some victory at sea. Uh, we're going to, I think, probably try to get some games in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, so that will be... That'll be interesting. We'll still be doing bolt action too. But uh, for the local community, some victory at sea. It's been a while. I haven't I haven't played it in a while. Um, so I'm going to be very rusty on the rules. But uh, I think everybody has a victory at sea. Pretty sure. <laughs> I think most people in the community do, yeah. <laughs> I know James and I are, uh, are going to try the River Plate. Nice. Battle of the River Plate should be fun. Me with the British. Dusty, you got some too, didn't you? Getting some. Uh, oh, it's Japanese, I believe. Yeah. Japanese. Haven't uh, haven't pulled them out. They're they're in the pile of shame. But, uh... <laughs> pile of shame. Pile. I got a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. No. That's good. No. We'll yeah. We'll definitely do some episodes on that because it's. Uh, it seems to be a fairly popular uh, game. Like a lot of people have taken quite well to it. Um, and now, of course, this big hulking rule book that they've released uh, a little while ago. There, actually, a while ago, I should say, not a little while ago. Um, definitely, we'll have to start going through that. All the other nice. little options. But um, yeah, thanks, thanks for being on again, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed those topics and whatnot and we'll bring more and uh of course we're going to see you guys out on the battlefields as well um sweet so yeah if uh anybody out there has anything they want to talk about or any subjects like that hit us up let me know comment on the uh the podcast on youtube uh email me all that stuff also check out our instagram facebook page trident wargaming and uh keep on rolling those dice keep on painting show me some pictures i love seeing that stuff um and we will catch you guys on the next episode see you see ya trident wargaming build it paint it play it